the underdog the podcast that follows the tales of compassion and bravery of animal rights activists all over the world my name is hannah grant and i'm the administrative assistant and social outreach director at the animal law firm i will be taking over as a guest host for our lead attorney and founder christina bergson in order to create more content for our lovely viewers as i interviewed these amazing people i was truly inspired by the common theme of hope that they give to underdogs everywhere They taught me that sometimes the greatest power an underdog possesses is never giving up hope. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have Sophia Martianu here to talk about her case and our new movement, Keep Kano Home. On September 16th, 2022, the Gloucester Township Civil Court of New Jersey ruled that old English bulldog Kano be returned to a household where he was abandoned, neglected, and abused. Sophia is here to discuss this case, current laws that deem pets as property, and how you can help protect Kano as well as other pets in this situation. So thanks for being our guest today, Sophia. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's really an honor. Of course. Well, we can just dive right in then. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to know Kano? Absolutely. So I'm a kindergarten teacher here in South Jersey. Um and uh, Gloucester Township specifically. And Kano, um, he came to me via a coworker of mine. Um, I was asked to watch him temporarily originally, um, probably around between the February to April um, time of 2022. Um, at the time, I didn't have any background information. I had asked for, you know, is he vaccinated? Is he um, friendly? Is he this and that? And unfortunately, I wasn't able to get any of that information. I was just told that he was an English bulldog, um, which is actually very different than the breed that he actually is. Um, and that he wasn't, quote unquote, being cared for properly. I just assumed at the time that that meant, you know, he wasn't getting the attention that he should have. He wasn't being walked as often or played with as much. Um, so at the time, I didn't really know that his situation was as dire as I ended up later finding out. Um, but my understanding, um, from the information I was given by my coworker was that, um, the owner of the dog was her mother, um, who was not well, um, and her brother was incarcerated, um, and would be getting out sometime in April. And then I guess he would be taking over the care of the home and Kano and I guess the mother as well. Um, so I went ahead and per her request, I wrote up a brief little contract saying she'd be responsible financially for everything related to Kano's care, including food, toys, training, vet bills, et cetera. Um, And then he was delivered to my house February 18th. And what I saw was not a dog that was quote unquote, not being cared for properly. What I saw was a dog um, that was very obviously he had endured some pretty bad neglect. it was, it was pretty daunting. You know, you see those commercials, um, for the ASPCA, um, and they show all those animals that are, are skin and bones and they're obviously not well. And it's a lot different when you see it in person. Um, so for me, I was just like, what's going on here? This is not what I thought that I was taking on. Mm -hmm. And, um, it became clear immediately. Um, he was incredibly emaciated, filthy, Um, his nails were overgrown, his lips were cracked and bleeding, his eyes were bloodshot. Um, he had dander. He actually looked gray, like he had a strip of gray on the back of him. And he's not, he's actually a really dark chocolate brown. And 
I just kept saying, what is wrong with his eyes? He's, he, what is wrong with him? He's very sick. There's something wrong with this dog. Um, and it was kind of, well, just take him to a vet. And I took him to a vet and unfortunately he was sick. He had multiple infections, um, obviously very underweight. He was about half the weight that he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in like 80 pound dog. He's supposed to be a little tank. And he was half of that. Um, so he was not well at all. Um, and that's just physically what was going on with him. You know, as I worked with him over the next couple of months, it was very obvious he had a lot of reactivity. Um, he had endured um, a, a great deal, a lack of socialization. Um, there were just clear signs that things were not quite right. Um, so that's kind of what's brought us here today is unfortunately, um, you know, in March, on March 26th, to be specific, I met with the um, owner, as I was told, which was the mother, and we met at a dog park, and he was thriving at that point. He put on a lot of weight. He looked good. He felt good. He was happy. Um, he had bonded to me immediately, but it was clear that, you know, he really loved me and vice versa, and she said, you know, I can see how happy he is. He looks great. She made a joke, you know, I think you're going to have to buy him a, a bigger collar because it looks like he's outgrown the last one. <laughs> um, and she said, uh, keep the dog, keep him. I can see how much you love him and he loves you. Keep the dog. And my boyfriend and I were thrilled. We were like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. You know, we really do love him. We promise to give him a good home and we'll just keep him this happy little guy that he is. And unfortunately in April, we were told um, that, my coworker's brother wanted what was quote unquote his dog back. And then a court battle for custody of Kano ensued. And unfortunately in September, we lost that court battle and Kano was deemed to be returned to the home where he had endured all of this. Um, so that was obviously devastating. And right now we're in the appeal process to try and get that overturned. Um, and so unfortunately we're in this, really just sad, sad for Kano, but sad for me, situation where our family's kind of being torn apart right now. So mm -hmm. that's unfortunately where we are right now. So hopefully <laughs> we've created this petition to kind of bring awareness to this. Um, uh, not just our case, but for anyone who is, you know, the caregiver of a pet, whether it's furry or scaled or, or what have you, um, because pets, not just in New Jersey, but in all of the United States are considered property and their best interests are not considered because they are equal to inanimate objects. They're no different than a toaster or a pencil or a glass of water that you're holding in your hand. And so one of the major decisions that the court based their ruling on was that because Kano is a piece of property, his best interests are not considered when it's deciding the custody and his future placement. Mm -hmm. And that I want changed, not just for Kano's sake, but for all animals sake. Cause I think, you know, the science alone shows that they are not in fact equitable to inanimate objects and property. And I think that if nobody's gonna listen to their voice, well, hopefully they'll listen to mine and, and the other 165,000 supporters that so far we have on this petition. So, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm so grateful for you for having me on just so that we can kind of shed some light on this issue and, and bring about some attention to our petition and, and what our goals are. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. And of course, we want to support you in any way possible. So what are the kind of next steps in this case? What are you working on currently? Sure. So we are right now in the process of appeal, um, which can be lengthy. Um, It's definitely not easy. So I thank Christina, who is my attorney and representing me, um, for all her diligence and and hard work on this because it has not been easy. and we are going through that right now. So um, it's a really frustrating process. It's a really devastating process. Um, a lot of work. I mean, this petition alone has been like a third job for me. So it's just a lot of work. Um, if you're someone that tends to be more introverted, like I am, you are going to be pushing your boundaries and you're going to be going up to people and, you know, you got to put yourself out there socially and everything and learn a lot as far as the law, um, as far as social media, which was a huge hurdle for me. I am not social media savvy. So um, just learning a lot right now um, and trying to get as many people just to be aware because I've learned that a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I had no, I had no idea that so-and-so, whether it's Sally, Johnny, Bingo, you know, whoever their loved one is at home that's furry, um, they had no idea that companion animals were simply property according to the law. They were like, I had no idea. And that's what we're hoping to do is just kind of educate people, um, hopefully get them to be able to protect themselves and, and their family members that are furry and Hopefully we can make some really positive change in this country. Um, It's been done in other countries. We're hoping that the U.S. will join the other 32 countries in the world that recognize animals as sentient beings. And hopefully we can do a lot better for our pets because they certainly deserve it. I hope so, too. For the petition, um, how many what is what is the goal for it overall? Absolutely. So the petition um, is for all companion animals. Um, It's not just for dogs. um, It's for anyone that is a caregiver um, of a companion animal. And what we, what our goal is essentially, and in the most basic of terms, is we want the best interests of companion animals to be legally recognized and to be considered during custody cases. Um, So whether it's, you know, a romantic couple that break up, and one is, you know, maybe going through some issues, substance abuse or abusive issues or things of that nature. And they are the only party that can produce original purchase price. The law is going to deem that that animal goes back to that, that person, whether they are going to be a responsible, caring, good, quote unquote, caretaker or not. Um, And I think that the courts need to do better. I think they need to look at both parties and and say, well, where is this animal going to have the best quality of life? Um, Because they do have a right to live in a place that is safe and hygienic, where they will be cared for and the maintenance of their quality of life will be um, provided. So um, we're hoping to get their best interests recognized. And we want um, to end their status as property Mm -hmm. and kind of go into a little bit more of, Hey, you know what? That's not good enough, right? Cause they're not a table, you know, a table does not have feelings, doesn't have emotions. It cannot grow. doesn't have a gender animals do. 
So they have a right to a quality of life and, and they have a right to be with the person that they're most bonded to and can provide that quality of life for them. Absolutely. I'm wondering, and I'm sure everyone is too, where is Kano currently? Uh, yeah. Kano is, um, he is no longer with me. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry for your loss. That's okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we're dealing with that on top of the appeal. Um, but I do not and will not receive any information as far as, um, how he's doing. So unfortunately, the only thing that I can say is that he is not with me. Um, but hopefully if the appeal is successful, he will be. Well, I hope that this petition can can really make a difference. And I know we've already put it out on our social media and we'll continue to blast that out there to anyone well, who's listening. Um, do you have any suggestions for where people can find it online as well? Absolutely. Uh, so change.org is the website that it is currently featured on. If you go to change.org, um, and you just type in pets are family, not property. It will bring you up to our petition. You'll get to see his cute little face. Um, and you will be able to go ahead and click that you want to sign and support us. You can add a comment. I do read them. Um, and you'll get updates from me periodically as well, as far as, you know, milestones that we're reaching, um, what steps we can take together to kind of get that petition out there and our cause out there as much as possible. Um, and it also has a link for our GoFundMe, um, which is for our legal costs, of course. Um, and it also has a link to our website that I created that gives a little bit more detail as far as, you know, what did Kano's life look with, look like with me day to day? Um, you know, how did we get into this situation? Um, and how do we, you know, move forward? Well, I'm so glad that there is someone that's willing to take charge of the situation and, and try to make a real change. So I think that that is just so admirable of you. Oh, thank you. Um, so I thank you for that. Thank you. That's so sweet. I really appreciate it. I'm, I, I can tell you that if there's anybody out there that was thinking, you know, how did this person look? I am, I am nobody special. I am just, you know, the average person. If you were to tell me that this is where I would be six months ago, I would tell you you were crazy. But if you really set your mind to it, I do believe, you know, like look at how we are, look at where we are now. So I do believe that you can achieve anything. So that's what we're hoping for. So, and I Absolutely. think if we all, yeah, I think if we all work together and unite, I really do think, um, you know, that we could see some really positive change in this country that hopefully inspires other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kind of on that note of of everything that you've learned so far and, and that you keep learning, what is one thing you wish you had known when you began working on this case? Oh, absolutely. Um, make sure you get everything in writing. And I and I hate to say that, but unfortunately that's just the word the world that we live in. Um it doesn't matter if it's your spouse, your partner, your best friend that is gifting you a companion animal, make sure you get it in writing, whether it's a text message, a formal letter, um, a word document, an email, get it in writing um, that you are now the sole owner or I prefer caregiver of the companion animal because unfortunately 
God forbid, um, you have the unfortunate circumstance to be where I am, where there's, um, you know, a dispute over the custody of that animal. Um, only the original purchaser is going to um, be granted custody of that animal. doesn't matter how long you've had them or her. Um, so just get everything in writing. Um, definitely look into your local law as far as, um, you know, what the ownership laws are. I know Illinois does consider, it's one of the only states in the United States that can, does take into consideration the best interest of a pet. Um, but unless you live in Illinois, unfortunately, they're just property. So just kind of protect yourself and protect your, your furry family member and get everything in writing. Well, I think that's great advice. I think uh, it's hard for people to understand the the deep technicality of, of these kinds of cases and they don't expect themselves to be put in that place. But anything can happen as you've learned and yeah, and I hope other people can can take that into account. Yeah, yeah, yeah trust me, you don't wanna be in this spot, <laughs> in this position, it's, it's devastating. Absolutely. Um, can you explain the difference between an English bulldog and an old English bulldog and why that matters in a case like this? Sure. Um, so an English bulldog is what most people think of when they think of a, a bulldog, right? It's this cute little squat, little wrinkly guys that you see skateboarding on TikTok or Instagram. Um, but they do actually have a lot of health problems as a breed. Um, so years ago, um, as a way to kind of alleviate, you know, the breathing issues and everything that's related to that flat face, wrinkles on the face, um, they created what is called the Old English Bulldog, which is a newer breed. But interestingly enough, the name of the breed is spelled using, you know, extra G's and E's, which makes it look like it's written in Old English. Um, but an Old English Bulldog um, is bred with, I think it's 6% Mastiff, part Pitbull, and then the Bulldog. And they were bred that way um, so that they would not have the health issues that English Bulldogs have. Um, and so their body, if you want to picture one, um, is almost muscular like a, a, pit, a pit bull would be, but then their face can be somewhat wrinkly like a bulldog. Kanos happen to be pretty wrinkly throughout. And once he started putting weight on, he started developing the wrinkles on his back as well. But they are a healthier breed. They don't have the breathing issues that they um, typically have, but they are a breed that still can have skin issues and, and such like that. And they were bred... Um, as part of the bulldog line, which was for bull baiting. Um, so, which thankfully is outlawed now, but um, they are a really interesting working dog and they definitely need that brain stimulation and, and the ability to get out that energy. And um, they're, they're pretty awesome. I learned a lot because I did not know that there was a difference when I first got him. I was just kind of like, this is a very strange looking bulldog. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen one like this. And I was like, he's not a bulldog. I was like, something's going on here. So I did my own research. And thankfully, I've met um, so many people in my development that have rallied for Connor. I mean, his story is really beautiful. The quote, it takes a village to raise a child. We were his village. There were people that were terrified of him. There were people that came up to us and rightfully so, but they yelled at us and they were like, is that your dog? He does not look well. And we had to explain, no, 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 no. We, ju we just got him. We're trying to fix what you're seeing right now. Please, please don't get upset. We're trying to remedy the situation. Um, 
and they've just rallied for him and they've taken him under his wing and they've helped me to socialize him and, and things of that nature. And they taught me a lot about his breed. They were like, oh, he's not an English bulldog. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, look up old English bulldog. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. And that's when I started learning all about it. So it was just kind of like a fun little thing that happened on his journey. Yeah, that's so interesting. Does the differentiation in, in the breeds help kind of justify that these uh, medical like abnormalities and and abuse was in fact abuse and not just part of his breed? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, no doubt. I mean, you can't you can't medically explain the degree of emaciation that we saw with him. Um Certainly, um, his breed could have uh, skin allergies, you know, whether environmental, just like any breed, um, you can have minor environmental or food allergies. Um, but the reason for his severe condition when I received him was because of neglect, uh, severe, horrible neglect, um, you know, being locked in a in a crate 24 seven without access to food or water regularly without being able to relieve himself in a clean area. Um, that had nothing to do with his breed. Um, that was just unfortunately due to his circumstance and his environment. What, um, challenges did you face when getting started and informing this case in the first place? Absolutely. So I had no idea what to do when, everything first began. Um, and I was really fortunate that I have a great support group. And one of my best, dearest friends, Kirsten, she was like, I think you need to start with change.org. She's like, that's where I know a lot of people have started petitions and that's where, you know, you can get the ball rolling. And so we started with change.org. Didn't really think anything would come of it. And one day it just blew up and it's continuing to grow every day. Um, which is really awesome to see. And um, everyone who sent me, you know, warm wishes or, or something like that, just a side thank you to you because those really, they, they really helped us to get through this because this has been rough. But um, so we started with change.org. Um, then I started saying, okay, well, if you want this, if you want any help and you want any, you know, to learn and get any more knowledge about, you know, what can be done, you better start going to the experts, right? So I emailed and called and I was probably, they can attest I've been a pain in everybody's side, um, <laughs> but organizations like ALDF and Direct Action Everywhere and um, PETA and anyone and anyone that I could think of that I could say like, hey, this is what's going on right now. Um, we have a petition. We want to see change. Um, what do you think? You know, even from, you know, big uh corporations that deal with like animal products or animal food and things like we reached out to everyone that I could possibly think of. And then anytime someone suggested another one, I was like, okay, that's who I'm going to be tackling tonight. So um, it was just kind of this snowball social media frenzy, um, reaching out to people, just, you know, kind of putting it out there visually and, and so on and so forth. And uh, it's kind of taken off, which is really great. Um, and we're hoping to see it kind of continue to grow. And we'd love to see, you know, the number of supporters just grow and grow, because I think that's where we're going to get um, the best chance of change, right? I don't think Congress can ignore 
a large portion of us, you know, 70% of American households have a companion animal. The majority of those households consider them equal to a family member. If the laws are not aligning with the American morals and the American ideology, there's something wrong with the law, right? So we can't all be ignored. They can't ignore all of us. So the more of us that there are, the more that they're going to have to take a second and think, okay, wait a minute, there's something big here and, and we're going to have to address it because we don't have a choice but to. We can't ignore all these people. So I think if we all unite in our cause, which so many of these amazing organizations are working on bills of rights of their own and things, I think if we all rally together, they can't ignore you know, 3 million of us instead of, well, that group has 50,000 and that one has 150,000. They can ignore us individually. They cannot ignore us if we all stand together. And I think that's what needs to happen. And I'm hoping that's what does. Um, but that's what I'm learning is we really need to start. If we want to see change, then we need to all rally together and we need to take a stance and say, this is wrong and we need to fix it because we can do better and we should be doing better. Definitely. Well, I think it's so inspiring just how many people have already gotten involved and, and hopefully it just keeps growing. Um, Absolutely. What advice do you have for others that may be in a similar situation? Absolutely. Um, so if you take the petition out of it and you just go, you know, what happened with, with Kano and, and custody of him, first get everything in writing. Um, I hate to say that, you know, I know that there's best friends and spouses and you never think that anything like that could happen to you. It can, it, and therefore protect yourself and protect your fur baby, right? So get everything in writing. If you're looking to create positive change in that world, in this world, then kudos to you. I say, start, you know, with a platform like change.org gets savvy with social media. It is your friend. Um, don't be afraid to reach out and say, Hey, um, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. What do you think I could do next? You know, it, it's never, I think knowledge is power. And the more that, you know, the more, the more powerful you get, right? So educate yourself, go out there, look, talk to people, ask questions. Don't be afraid to post a question on a forum or, you know, you hear these big names. Um, don't, don't be afraid to reach out to these corporations. I never expected to get a response out of any of them. And I have, and they are, they are amazing people. They're kind people. So don't be afraid um, of anything. Just, you know, ask your questions, stand up for what you believe in, um, do so with class and dignity and respect. And I think it'll go a long way. Well, I think that's great advice. So thank you for mentioning that. How can people find and support you specifically in this case? Um, would you suggest mainly the petition um, or would you like to um, kind of plug your social media handles as well? Sure, absolutely. Great question. Um, so definitely change.org slash um, pets are family, not property. That's for the petition. If you'd like to sign, we'd really appreciate that. Again, we have strength in numbers. Um, if you want to support me personally, um, the GoFundMe um, is for our legal costs and anything that we receive in excess of that, we are planning on donating and we will have documentation for all of the shelters and charities that we will be donating to for rescue work and, and such on. Um, and if you'd like to Google Keep Kano Home, we do have a website, we have an Instagram. Um, my boyfriend also posts um, occasionally Apparently he has a couple of posts about the case and everything. And that's at Landon Axel on TikTok. Um, but I'm in charge of the Instagram page 
and his website. So again, keep Kano home. And that's something you can do on Google um, or Instagram. And, and you'll be able to get a little bit about, you know, get to know him a little bit better um, before he left and just kind of see our bond. And he really was just silly and happy and, and so much fun. And he's taught me a lot. So if you want to kind of get to see who the face of this is and you want to see Kano, check out his Instagram. Okay, great. Well, thank you for mentioning those. Well, why don't we just take a little break here and we will come back and keep on talking about this story. Great. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. We're back with Sophia Martianu and we're going to keep talking about her petition to keep Kano home. So what has been one of the biggest challenges during this process so far? <sighs> um, well, <laughs> uh, definitely managing the stress of everything. Um you know, I, I'm not someone that's particularly legally savvy. So this whole process is completely foreign to me. And I just, I, I have no idea, you know, the steps and, and such and dealing with that stress. Um, and also making sure that I was still, you know, a, a good, a good mommy to Kano in the process and making sure that he was happy and healthy and everything. And um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot when, you know, you feel like you're being personally attacked and you just kind of have to sit there and you have to not put a smile on your face, but you have to take it with grace. And that's not always easy to do. Um, but dealing with just the stresses, you know, it, it doesn't stop. Um, so that's why I hope that this petition, it educates people so that they don't have to be in this position because it, it will if you are ever unfortunately in the same spot, it will affect you personally, uh, professionally. I mean, it just kind of, it follows you. So I'm hoping that I can alleviate that for someone else. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the kind of compassion fatigue that you take on when you are trying to care for an animal like that. So, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I try and say like, Hey, this was never a fairy tale. Um, that phrase, I put blood, sweat, and tears, you know, I have scars, um, physical scars. I, I cried. There has been blood, you know, his nails were not trimmed. Um, so anytime he would jump on me because he was not, you know, ever trained, socialized, any of that, you know, there was a lot of reactivity we had to deal with. I couldn't bring cardboard into my house for months. Like we really, yeah. yeah I mean, it was a lot brooms, um, canes, any, any sort of anything. I mean, it was a lot, you know, it, it was a lot. And I had to educate myself because I had never experienced anything like this before. So I was like, okay, we have a problem. We're going to try and figure it out. And I relied on people that I know are experienced um, pet parents. And I relied on a lot of internet sources and things of that nature. And I spoke with trainers and we all worked together and it was it was not easy. I mean, there were a, quite a few days where I called my boyfriend and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, uh, this seems really overwhelming right now. I'm really overwhelmed and I, I just want to do right by him. And I want to, I want to make sure that he's happy and healthy and safe. And, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, but it is by far the most rewarding and I wouldn't change it for the world. Even knowing what I would be going through now, I wouldn't change it. Absolutely. I think just asking lots and lots of questions when you're in that situation was the best thing you could have done. So 
Thank you. Yeah, and I like to ask questions. So. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do too. That's why we're in this field. There's so much to learn, and it's so exciting. So, but how do you hope that things change in the future? I I would love um, if we could get some legislative change, um, and just make this world, you know, a better world for our furry companions. You know, I think if we could start with a small step, I think big change is scary for a lot of people. Right. And I think if we could start small and say, okay, let's start with something as small as my little petition out there and let's get the best interests of companion animals legally recognized. And then we can get them to kind of open up to a bigger change. Like we need them recognized as sentient beings. We need to really start upholding these laws that were put into place, but are not being upheld. Um, I learned through this whole process that in 2016, there was a registry. So that supposedly people that are found um, and convicted of animal abuse and animal cruelty, they're supposed to be going much on like what is a sex offender registry. And that is supposed to prohibit them from being able to adopt um, animals in the future and kind of make these organizations aware like this person is not a suitable caregiver for an animal. And unfortunately, because judges are ruling in cases and, and giving them the most minimal punishment, these animals, these people are, are being able to re-victimize animals all the time. Um, and I think we need to start upholding the laws that were put into place in 2016 and 2019. And we may want to go through and we may want to look at those again and maybe think of, okay, it's time to maybe consider creating a little bit more of something that um, equates to the actual travesty that it is. I think the the punishments are a little bit too lax and the laws are just not being upheld. And I think we need to start taking accountability for that. Absolutely. Kind of on that note about the, the offenders list and um, kind of, I think that's something that not a lot of people know about. Is there any other common misunderstandings about these situations or animal law in general that you kind of want to explain? Yeah. So I think, and this is just my opinion, you know, I'm not, I'm no, <laughs> I'm no professional, but it, from my research and what I've I've read um, and what has been stated in so many articles that I have been reading is the problem is that um, there isn't too much federal law, right? It's state by state. So then you have some states that are way more lenient than others. And then it goes down to personal biases and understandings of that law. So when the judge rules on a case, um, sometimes it's a judge that, you know, would find someone and then there's another judge that may actually go through and say, okay, well, then we're going to execute this, 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 and this as according to the law. So, for example, there was um, a, a case a couple months ago where a man had locked a litter of puppies in a car um, out south, and it got to an internal temperature of 137 degrees. And unfortunately, several of those puppies did not make it because they experienced heat exhaustion and were essentially cooking to death. And that man got a hundred dollar fine and was put on probation to not own an animal for a year. I personally don't believe that that is a fair consequence for the neglectful loss of life that happened in that case. I think that's a travesty. And I mean, come on, let's be honest. If that's, if that's the best that we're going to do, I don't think we're going to see much change. So I think that needs to stop. And I think we really start 
we need to start holding each other accountable and ourselves accountable. And I think that comes with education. I think, you know, we, we really need to, perhaps it comes from, you know, that people don't understand like, Hey, these animals, they have feelings, they have thoughts. Um, you don't have to take my word for it. Go do the research yourself. There's plenty of scientists in the profession that have proven that it's indisputable. Um, it is fact. Um, and start there, start educating yourself about, you know, animals and, and their sentience, and then try to be empathetic. You know, how would you feel if someone or yourself was in that situation? We wouldn't just kind of slap a wrist and, and move on, right? So I think it's time that we start, you know, really thinking about, hey, is, is this, can we do better? Or is this, is this the best that we can do? Definitely. I think that education is definitely a, a good point because I think there's a lot of situations in which people just don't even know this is a problem until they are in a situation like this. And it seems so impersonal until you're there and you're like, mm -hmm. why does no one else care? So I think that yes. that's one of the, the biggest perks of the petition is just getting the word out that this is a problem. Yeah. And it can affect, I mean, it can affect anyone is, is, the scary thing I had no, I, I mean, I've grown up with dogs all my life and rabbits and hamsters and, and all kinds of, of companion animals. And I never once knew in all my years, I never once knew that they were just property. And a lot of people are reaching out to me personally from the petition and everything. And they're saying, Oh my gosh, I, I had no idea. And I think again, knowledge is power. And I think if you can educate yourself that's that's the best first step that you can do. So from all of your time with Kano, what is the most important lesson that he taught you? <sighs> um, so many. <laughs> There's so many. I would say the one that strikes me the most, um, and in a way so that I don't sound cliche, because I don't want to say love, because that's so cliche, but I would say something deeper would be like connection, right? Um, and I think that speaks... I think everyone can understand that, right? It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter where you come from. It just doesn't matter. You have this connection if you're lucky enough to where, you know, you, and we all know it. We all have a person that we're thinking of right now, whether it's, you know, a, a companion animal or a best friend or, you know, human or not, but there is that person that you connect with and you can give each other a look and you just kind of know, okay, I know what you're saying right now without even saying a word. And he taught me so much about love and that connection. And I mean, it was such a beautiful lesson that he taught me. And um, it's definitely one I will never forget. Um, and it's one that I miss for sure. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, you're completely fine. I, and I, I don't think that's cliche at all. I mean, I think cliches in general, they are that for a reason. It's because it's a universal feeling that everybody understands. So, oh, that was beautifully honestly, put. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. Anyway, I I I am a cliche person. So, my <laughs> next question, people are always a little taken aback cuz it is such such a huge one, but I, I like to hear the surprising answers that I get for it. So after everything you've been through, do you have any tips for making the world a better place? Yeah. And this is going to be the biggest cliche of all, right? Um, I think lead with love, I think is, is huge. Um, 
you know, it, it doesn't have to be just your fellow quote unquote man. Um, we are all here on this world. This is all of our home. Um, I think lead with love, try and be more open-minded and understanding. Um, I would say try and find an understanding with others. Even if you don't think there will be, I guarantee you, you will find something that you have in common with someone else. Um, it may not be political views. It may not be, you know, religious views, but you will connect in some way with someone. Um, I think lead with love, have compassion um, because love is compassion. It's empathy. Love is kind, right? Um, and I think if we have, if we all had a little bit more love and we just led with love instead of fear or anger or distrust, I think the world would be a happier place because we'd see more of these wonderful acts of kindness and goodness, and we would treat each other um, the way that we all deserve to be treated. Well, I think that's great advice. Kind of wrapping up a bit, I know that this journey has just been so emotionally draining, yeah. but I, I like to think that that there's hopeful things in the future and that I think that you're doing great work. So what are the biggest things you're looking forward to in the future? Oh, well, I hope <laughs> my biggest hope is small as it may seem. I hope that I get to see his little mushy face and I get to have his slobbery aggressive kisses all over again. Um, but I would love, love, love to see um, that we as a society stand up and we unite and we make this world not only better for us, but for our companion animals as well. And, and then that can have a snowball effect and it can, you know, be for all animals, human or non. Um, and I hope that we, we strive for that change and we, we all find a common ground and see that, you know, the world is better when we lead with love. Absolutely. I hope so too. Well, I will make sure to link the petition and your website as well as the social media handles. Um, and I'm so excited for, for people to hear your story and to, to get this out there. But is there anything you. else you'd like our audience to know that I haven't thought to ask you? Um, I would just say have hope. I know there are some people that have um, commented, you know, oh, this will never happen. We'll never see this change. Um, and with that, I'd like to counter with a story that there was a Canadian organization called Raise Your Paw that started a petition for the same exact thing that we are fighting for now, um, eight years ago. And they closed the petition because it failed in their eyes. Uh, they only got 1,200 signatures. And I think in eight years for us to be nearing 170,000 signatures in support, I think that shows the growth of society. I think that shows the positive change in mindset that we are having every year. Um, so have hope. And if you, if you truly believe in this and you want to see that change, then it's time to make that known. And I think, you know, again, do it respectfully and, and kindly, but make sure that you're heard. You know, if you want to see change, then we're going to see change. Absolutely. I think that, I think that's great. I'm glad that you noted that right at the end, because I think that just having that story is is just so inspiring. So oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I was so glad to have you as a guest and to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely speaking with you. I really appreciate it. Of course.
That was such an inspiring interview. I learned so much and I hope you did too. If you were moved as much as I was and want to support this amazing organization, please visit our website at theanimallawfirm.com and check out our merch page as all profits from merchandise go towards supporting the guests on the show. Or follow the links to donate to this organization directly. If you want to support the podcast, please share us on social media and give us a five-star review. Anything helps. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, fellow underdogs.